Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to Mediums with a Message. I am Reverend Gail Hicks, your host today. I am so excited to be back. We have new listeners joining us every week, and I want to welcome everyone from Israel and Austria for joining us here at Mediums with a Message. Thank you, thank you, and welcome, welcome. I also want to add to all my listeners out there, thank you for your support and joining each week to learn about different spiritual modalities and having a greater understanding about your spiritual gifts. It's exciting to know that the podcast reaches so many people who want to attune in to us and to listen well, to me, us, I talk, us for me is spirit now, spirit, spirit talking with us here. <laughs> but also, I'm really honored to the listeners who've actually taken time to email me and share some of their spiritual stories and how they connect with their loved ones that have passed on and their gifts that are awakening and that they're connecting. I'm so pleased with these emails. I appreciate them so. Please keep them coming and I love that uh, a one wonderful person shared that she spiritually thought that I was talking one-on-one with her in the podcast. And that's awesome because that's how I want to relate with each of you is for it to touch you on a personal level that I am helping you to have a greater understanding of how you can move forward with your spiritual gifts. I believe more and more that people are are coming into this attunement of awakening and that things aren't just coincidences because we all are gifted in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes things can't be explained to us because of the unknown or the unseen. I've been living my whole life with the unseen or the unknowing and... I'm still doing it and I'm surviving fine and, you know, spirit takes care of you. You have to believe and trust and have faith in them. That's why I want to tell my listeners out there, the reason for the podcast is to help everyone with a greater understanding of your gifts. Whether they're innate or they're latent psychic gifts. I was born with mine. But I still needed to learn things of how to control my gifts and what my gifts are. I had mentioned before in another podcast that I dreamt of everything that came to pass. And so it was more like trance or trance dreaming. But it also was a way of showing me things or premonitions where I wouldn't be really afraid of anything because I thought it was just real or that's how it was or I was normal. That's how spirit decided to approach me in the spirit world to wake up my gifts and do it very subtly. That was a great way for me because I was a teenager. It's kind of all over the place. Maybe that ADD, ADHD stuff was kicking in, try to keep my attention. But when you have people of the unknown or connecting with you spirit guides, they can get your attention. It's like, wait, what was that? (laughs) So I was getting more activity and seeing and hearing and sensing spirit. But a lot of things always happened to me at nighttime when I was sleeping or in my bedroom. And I was getting noises and stuff and everything and the closet door opening and things moving. But that was normal for me. I didn't think 
you had a poltergeist or anything. I just knew it was my spirit people coming to visit me at night. So I didn't mind that connection or that activity. But the only thing I didn't know was how to discern who was talking to me or who was there. But I always felt safe because I always said the Lord's Prayer for went to bed, said my prayers, sang some little songs, and I knew I was protected. But every time I was sleeping, all this information came like a stream of consciousness into my mind. Kind of like, you know, when you're in school and you're having to write a term paper, you're right there and the, the clock goes off and you got 50 minutes to write your paper for the finals. That's when you want that, that stream of consciousness, that inspirational writing or thinking just to flow out of your body. That's how spirit works with me. It's that way. It just happens. So I want my listeners to really think, does that really happen to you? Do you find that sometimes when you're under under the gun and you're pressured to do get something done or get a proposal together that all of a sudden it just flows out of your body like nothing? That's your that's your spirit energy, that's that connection helping you. I've been out there wondering how many of us are on this wavelength, you know, what area of mediumship are you on? You know, are you just beginning or if you've had things periodically through your entire life happen? Or are you finding as you're getting older, not just more wiser, but as you're getting older, you have a greater capacity to understand your spiritual gifts on different levels, especially on your personal level. So what's important to you, you know, is important to spirit and they're going to suddenly give it to you without making you afraid so be open and receptive i was wondering also if any of my listeners have had a really traumatic thing happen in their life that really opened the door for spirit to connect with them or for their gifts to be more finely attuned i mean have you had a near-death experience or a close call or uh, a bad accident or car wreck or uh, just or just something awful happening, just the loss of a loved one, or you've gone through a divorce or something of a loss, something that traumatically has made things shift in your life. How has that affected you and has it opened that spiritual door where you are in more of the knowing, the knowing? Things that are unexplainable makes you want to investigate. How did that happen? How did it happen to me? Why me? That was the other thing that happened with me was why me? Did I want this? Did I volunteer? You know, and uh, do I accept this? How do I control it? Well, there's really no control when it's, you know, infinite intelligence and it's an entity or an energy coming to you. It just happens. So investigating is a part of what brings me to spiritualism. It's a religion. It's the science of philosophy. It's taught um, a lot of people about their gifts. Of course, I had no idea what spiritualism was because I was raised Episcopalian. My dad was a Baptist turned Methodist. And until my sister Charlene came home one summer from... Uh, Camp Chesterfield uh, where she found a place for us she goes I found a place for us 
a place we can go to away from home, all the way to Indiana, leave Georgia to go to Indiana. And uh, I was like, wow, okay. So when she came back from Camp Chesterfield, which is the Indiana Association of Spiritualists, she had taken a dear friend of hers, Virginia Southern, who was one of the psychics in Atlanta back in the late 70s and 80s that actually had a business card that said psychic on it back then. And she took her up there to camp to go to seminary and attend classes and to go to seances and to connect with spirit on the other side. And this was the summer of 1987. So when she came back with Virginia, their, their whole face and their demeanor, everything was different. They were glowing. Not like Chernobyl or something, you know, like glowing. They were like touched with spirit or the Holy Spirit. Their, their face was clear. They looked relaxed. They were excited. They had all this knowledge in what she had learned. She was sharing the classes. And she said, you know what? We're going to go back in August. We're going to go back in August. And I was like, okay, I was looking forward to it. So, but prior to that, the only thing that we really had, you know, we were just, you know, sharing our little bedrooms together when we were little kids. And I was speaking in different languages, but my sister started learning and doing tarot readings and studying astrology. And we were gifted because we had a mom who races in Atlanta, who studied astrology, who was influenced by her own mother, which was our grandmother, the one who would tuck us in at night after she was gone and I was only six months old. She passed her, her different psychic gifts to me and my sister Charlene. And so we all have different gifts. But Charlene's a little different than me because I don't do astrology. She's an incredible astrologer. The youngest in the state of Georgia to ever get her license at 21. And uh, we have our different gifts because we help people in other ways. Some people are, you've got to think of the law of attraction. Some people are really drawn to astrology. Some people are drawn to Akashic record readings. Some people are drawn to past life readings. Some people just want tarot readings. Now people are like, hey, can you talk to my mother? Hey, can you talk to my dad? Now there's more about spirit communication because people want to hear from a loved one. So there's all these different forms. And in Atlanta, there weren't very many places to go to learn about all of these gifts or what they taught us at camp was mediumship or being spiritually special. That's what I call it. So how many of my list, listeners out there are spiritually special? Raise your hand. I am. I am. Okay. So there is one place, only one place in Atlanta that we went to in Midtown. And it was beautiful. It was down by Piedmont Park. It was a very old, beautiful, stately Georgian home. It was white with marble columns. And we would go there for a spiritual church service and meditation. The place was called the Foundation of Truth. They offered every Saturday, I think it was the first of the month, they had the psychic fair. And then they had 
classes and you could go and attend and learn. You could learn how to give messages and take classes and learn to, once you pass the board there and read for the people who are the founders of um, the Foundation of Truth, then you could come and do readings there on the Psychic Fair. But it was all about different metaphysics and different phases of phenomena. But this place was built on what they wanted to do as these groups of people was they were spiritually searching like-minded people. So I just happened, I mean really happened, to come across one article about the Foundation of Truth. And I'll share this paragraph in the article for you. The title is, Truth, a Place for Real Meetings of the Mind. It was founded in October of 1973. The organization was born in the most unorthodox way. A small group of people were interested in psychic phenomena and had been meeting informally in private homes to study and to meditate when one night a medium in their midst went into trance. This is how spiritualism started in homes, listeners. This is how they started, old school. Sitting in circles, meditating to loved ones, just like a prayer or a healing circle. This is what happened with the people, the like-minded people of the Foundation of Truth. Before they got their building or a place to have their meetings, they were meeting in homes in, in small circles. It was a lovely place. It was beautiful. They had different ages of people there, but mostly older people because we were teenagers going there. So I think we were the youngest people in the bunch. My favorite thing was to go up to the front where they had the first row of, by, up by the stage or the pulpit is where all the healers would be sitting. And then they would say, now our, our healers are ready. And they would raise up and they'd go and stand behind their chair. And they, they'd play this little sleepy music. And people were meditating and sending healing and prayer. And they would call out. They had a list. And now we're going to send out to the universe all of these names that are in need of healing. Please send your healing energy. So the person at the pulpit's gently whispering all these names and calling them out. And you could go up for a healing. So I wanted to go up. There's this wonderful lady, this beautiful lady. She had gray hair, gray or white hair, maybe in her late 60s, early 70s. She could have been in her 80s for all I knew, but just wonderful. I loved older people, always got along with older people because, I don't know, because probably I miss my grandmother and stuff. But she had this chair. She sat on the far end on the left-hand side of the the room at the Foundation of Truth, next to those giant old radiators. You know, the metal, you know, the iron radiator that's shaped like a snake on the wall and you have to turn that big knob. It's worth, you know, it was just a very old radiator. She was right next to it and uh, I loved going. I, I would sit next to in her chair and she would lean over and she would ask, may I touch you? And such a gentler voice may I touch you and I said yes ma'am please and then she'd lay her hands on my shoulders 
her hands were on fire, on fire. The little music's playing. They're calling out the names of people needing healing. The minute she touched you, you went into like a healing trance. You just went out. Or you felt so loved. And then while she's moving her hands in different places and she moved from your shoulder and then she'd hold by your ears and she'd hold your forehead and the top of your head. Every time she laid her hands in a different place, you could feel the energy of spirit. And to me, for my listeners, I would explain it like being embraced by the Holy Spirit or the angels. It's this wah, 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 wah sound. You know, this, this, the humming, the vibration was so intense. And the more she would send this healing in different areas to your body, whether it was your forehead, your different chakras, the top of your head, you went deeper and deeper into this healing. And you felt so much love, so much energy. You had no idea what she was funneling into you from the Holy Spirit, but her hands were radiating. And this energy was just pouring into you. And the only way I can explain how the energy pours into you is I know that my listeners have gone to the gas station and pumped gas. How many of you gone to the gas station and pumped gas? So you know when you put the nozzle in and you click it and you hold it and you hear gagunk, gagunk. That is like how spirit, when I do healings, I go into trance. I do trance healings. So that's how it feels when the Holy Spirit and the energies from my healing guides come through me. It's like pouring gas. I mean, it's like loading your car up. I'm filling you full of spirit. It's that gagunk, gagunk, gagunk sound. So you feel this energy like it's not throbbing. It's just this wonderful humming energy and it kind of makes you want to rock back and forth. But the energy this lady was pouring into me was incredible. I felt lighter and brighter and I could actually feel the presence of God or infinite intelligence or a higher mind and the energy of the Holy Spirit embracing us during this healing. You could feel the energy go all the way down your spine to your tailbone when she was working on you. Then she would close out her healing by leaning over and she would go to your left ear and she would whisper into your ear, God bless you, my child. And then she would release her hands from you and she'd just rub a little circle right at the nape of your neck to tell you and give you a little pat to kind of tap you back into your body. Then I would stand up and turn around and thank her, and she'd put her little hands out and hold your little hands and look at you and her eyes. She had those crystal turquoise eyeballs. Now, when people have these turquoise eyeballs, I have this theory. Well, I've seen angels before, but angels have turquoise eyes. They have the most hypnotic eyes. They just are not from here. She had those little eyes. So, But she was there every week at the Foundation of Truth. So I'd go back to my chair after my healing. Actually, I'd stagger back or levitate back to my chair. <laughs> Remember, we're only teenagers. We're going for fun. But we really liked it. We were, we were spiritual groupies as teenagers. So I sat back down with my sister, Charlene, and I said, wow, 
That was a wonderful healing. Her hands are so hot. Gosh. I, then I said to Charlie, I said, I wonder if she lays her hands on that radiator and warms them up before she puts them on the person she's giving the healing to. <laughs> and then Charlie and I both looked at each other and smiled and kind of giggled. And Charlie, we shook our heads like, no, no. Because we knew. We knew we had been touched by spirit through that healing, through that wonderful woman, allowing that energy to pour through her body and give us a healing at that wonderful place. You know, we know that her hands did not get hot at the radiator because we knew spirit was working through her. And she was gifting that radiant energy from the Holy Spirit, from her guides and love, through that curative power that spiritual healing energy coming through her chakras, through her hands, transferring it into me. And also when my sister Charlene went up for her healing, we just loved that lady. There was tons of healers. The whole front row was healers. It was great. We went so much that we got our little healing things that we could go up and give healings. And that's when I started giving healings was at the foundation of truth. I wanted to go up and give back. It was very wonderful. It was just wonderful. Going to the Foundation of Truth was one of my first places to go with my sister and to experience meditation and the gifts of spirit. I don't know, we were, we couldn't drive. You know, uh, we couldn't drive. We didn't hitch a ride to get there. <laughs> but we were very fortunate that there was a place for us, at least one place back in the 80s. There were several other, but this one was closest to home. I remember we would get our mother to drive us down to Midtown, down by Piedmont Park, and let us out of the car, and she'd either go do some shopping, or she said she'd come back and pick us up at a certain time. She'd be out there when it was done, and uh, we had a great time. So Charlene started working on the psychic fairs there on Saturday doing tarot readings, and she met lots of other psychic meetings from there, and... Uh, you know, there weren't that many psychic meetings, mediums back in the day. And a lot of people in Atlanta didn't have a business card that said that they were psychic, you know. But there were certain people there because they were like-minded people. And it was a place that we could go. And just remember, mediumship started in their basements and in private homes before they actually found a building to have and to expand. And their membership, they had over 500 people in Atlanta back in the 70s and 80s going to the Foundation of Truth. So there, were, there was a calling then. There were people waking up then and coming out of the woodwork. Many of you probably in your lifetime, you know, if you've grown up with someone in your family that's gifted or someone that meditates or goes to a spiritualist uh, circle or church or actually goes to Unity Church or someplace where you can gather with like-minded people uh, for prayer and for healing, you know, for yourself or other, for someone else. You know, think about when you were little or when your spirit started to awaken in you, were you more sensitive to things and knowing things without knowing why you knew them or that you had a gift of healing because you were great with plants? I was really good with plants or you could heal your pets or you just knew things about your pets or your animals. How did you get started? 
how did how, how did things awaken with you? You know, think about it. What are your interests? Is is studying mediumship or wanting to learn or meditating an interest? Like, is it a hobby? You know, like remember that. What are your hobbies? Now it's like, what are your interests? This was just the beginning in Atlanta, where my sister and I could go with like-minded people and to talk, talk about things. I had no idea that we were studying because we went because we enjoyed being with the people and hearing the lectures and we had friends there and they loved it because we were young and look at these young people coming and we were there in the congregation and we went for fellowship because it was like-minded spiritual people. You know, now they're popping up everywhere, but are they genuine? Are they really helping you? You know, make sure they're focused. If they're not grounded, they might be way out there. We want somebody that's very focused, helping you. We, we learned, Charlie and I learned so much about others and how to share things and how they helped us start blooming spiritually. We learned different things. Actually, we were understanding what was happening to us was that our gifts were activating. And it was the really the only place in Atlanta that we could go and collaborate with other people who were studying trance or, or Akashic records or learning about mesmerism or healing, you know. And we didn't have to hide out. And we didn't feel ashamed or that we were different. We just went because... We had a place that we could go, and we were accepted. It was very important to be accepted. And when we went to school, we kept everything a secret because we're in the South, you know, and things were not very accepted about people that were gifted spiritually. It was like a taboo kind of thing. I remember it was like, you know, we had to hide out in our special little group and not tell anybody that Charlene was studying tarot or doing tarot. And, and then I started doing some tarot. But I was healing pets and really into our animals and stuff. And Charlene started studying astrology privately. And then, you know, we started learning about astral traveling and past life regressions. We heard about what trance was by going to the foundation of truth. And we could really understand you know, why we could hear people that had been gone for so many years. And we were so lucky to be able to do that because back in the 70s and 80s, you know, that was the only place that we had. And people could talk about their gifts and not be afraid. The only metaphysical place that actually you could meet in a beautiful historic mansion in Atlanta in Midtown by Piedmont Park and go and meditate with like-minded people and go to a church service and meditate and heal on Sundays. I hope that my listeners have a spiritual place to go to in the present day. There should be somewhere out there, you know, a great place that you could go search for it's not like we had to do back in the day like the da vinci code we had to go find the secret meeting place to go and meditate now they're everywhere spiritual centers healing centers 
So I know there has to be something in your neck of the woods. So reach out and email me or post it on Facebook, you know, that you have this great place or let other listeners know by posting on Facebook if there's some great spiritual places that maybe I've never heard of. I know there are. There's so many of them now, but I'm talking about the old school ones. So make us aware. And, you know, if you're doing meditating or you're doing yoga, however you want to sit for spirit, I commend that you go out and just do it. Just do it. When you decide to go for some different events and do your research out there. We, we have this thing called Google. We have other ways to research stuff. Back in the day, it was word of mouth or a flyer. Or if you found it on the bulletin board, you were lucky. If someone would definitely advertise it. But you would find it and take it back. Spirit showing me the creative loafing in my mind. There was this newspaper. It was down in Little Five Points. And it was called Creative Loafing. And back then, they had a metaphysical section. And that's where you could look up all the psychic readings that you could get. And you had to pay per word to put an advertisement in it but I know that the foundation of truth had their advertisement in there so that's another way that you we found the place but Charlene found it through Virginia and Frank and other mediums or psychic mediums that went there so when you're looking for a place do your research you know how long have they been established who are the facilitators when was it founded what are their credentials what are their certifications what's their years of experience i'm a stickler on that that's just me that's me personally it doesn't have to be you i'm just sharing because i have been blessed to study with some of the most incredible mediums at camp and when I go get a reading from someone, it's just plain or mediocre. There might be one specific thing, but it's not what I've been ingesting all my life when I went and studied at camp and just sitting for spirit. So just know that when you're going to find a place, it has to do with natural law. It has to do with where you are in your spiritual growth right now. And what you're seeking. Because the law of attraction is going to attract you to different people. And if any of my listeners are listening. <laughs> I caught myself on that one. Um, if you ever find someone that does sound healing with a gong. I highly suggest you go to a gong healing. Oh, those are wonderful. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. Anyway. Please do your research when you're going to open up your spiritual doors and study. And you look for what your receptive energy is. Let the law of attraction guide you where you need to go. I love that where Charlene and I started, it was called the foundation of truth. And when we started studying at Camp Chesterfield, it was all truth. You give exactly what you got. In your message, it's straight from spirit. You didn't sugarcoat it. You didn't give your opinions. It was from spirit, out of your mouth, straight out in the congregation when you gave a message to someone, you know, from their loved one, their name, their Indian guide, their doctor, teacher, who was there, their cousin. 
but you gave for the best and highest good, and there was no negative message. It was always for the best and highest good. Whether you were sitting in, in a circle or you're in a seance or you're giving messages from the platform at church, you had to give exactly the truth. They just were sticklers on that. that that's just camp's seal of approval. You had That was how they did it. So we, you know, would attend weekly down at the Foundation of Truth because we did the Foundation of Truth way before we ever went to camp. And when we'd go down there, we'd go to church, have fun, and come back. But Charlene started wanting to study hypnotherapy. She wanted to get her hypnotherapy license. And she needed a guinea pig, so I became her subject. And when she would lead me out into hypnosis, which was really fine by me because it was no different than when I was sleeping and talking in different languages. So I'd get really relaxed on the couch and then she'd start leading me back and counting back the numbers and I would start going out. And it was kind of like doing a past life regression where I would go see things from my past and then she'd bring me close to the future and then I would say what I was getting and she was recording it so I could listen to it later. So I was helping her to get her classes for hypnotherapy, but I had no earthly idea through hypnosis what she was tapping into or awakening uh, me and my when I was, I don't know, let's see, I was 16 then? 16 or 17? I think it was 17. So remembering in that article from the Foundation of Truth, they were sitting in circles and one of the mediums went into trance. Well... That's what happened to me with Charlene. I was in hypnosis, and then all of a sudden my voice completely changed. It wasn't my voice whispering and saying, oh, I'm getting off the boat now, and there's a beautiful tree. Nope. My voice changed. It cleared, cleared my throat. A whole other no, voice, a whole other octave. And, um, you know, in my one, in my, you know, I've told y'all before, I, I speak in different languages, so it's a type of trance. So while I was under it, they started speaking. It was this spirit, spiritual entity started talking to Charlene and she was recording and all of the hypnosis sessions. I didn't recall anything when she brought me back. I didn't know anybody had come through and talked. I felt great. I didn't know she'd ask questions. Or they just started channeling or telling her all this information, like spewing out like uh, inspirational speaking, you know. But when I came back, I was relaxed, didn't remember anything. And Charlene was like, oh, my gosh, do you know what happened? I said, heck no, I don't know what happened. She was oh, well, we have to listen to this. So we started studying physical phenomena. In the mediumship, we were studying what was happening to me because I had gone into trance. I'd gone from hypnosis into like dead trance because I don't remember anything. Kind of like somnambulistic trance because she actually looked at my eyes and my eyes were rolled in the back of my head. And so somnambulistic is like a sleepwalker, but I wasn't walking around because I was laying on the couch. But I had this entity. One of our sessions, Charlene asked the entity if they had a name and they wanted to go by Nazareth. And he told her that there were, that they, he talked about they, like how many of them were over there. 
They were these light beings that had never been incarnated into a physical body. But this entity, Nazarod, told specific things to Charlene that were happening in the current world today. I don't watch the news. I mean, I really don't watch the news. I didn't know currently when I was 16 or 17 what was going on in the world. I don't even know if CNN was back then. But, you know, he, I call him a he. It's not a he or a she, but it's an entity. Would, um, could talk about the Akashic Records, could tell you about different spiritual realms. Nazareth would go to talk about the different spiritual worlds and the different levels of entities and where the archangels were and where the guides were and then where your loved ones were. He was just like a massive teacher, this intellectual teacher flowing out of me. Nazareth was his kindred spirit. He told Charlene that he was part of my trinity, my trinity body. And that's what he explained to her. And the information we received from Nazareth was so profound, so exact, and it was full of truth. We just didn't know how to handle all it. It was like, it was like I was the vessel for some kind of spiritual oracle and just exuded. But the more we let him come out, the more I sat and he would come, he got he resonated more with my body. But I came back from the first time he spoke. I didn't remember anything, but I was starving. I was so hungry, so, so hungry. And I couldn't drink enough water or iced tea because I just felt like I was drained, like I really needed to go to the buffet and eat a bunch of food. But, you know, they use certain energy, so physically they're going to consume a bunch of your energy. So now in this hypnotherapy session, we were getting all excited because we decided to have a list of questions to ask Nazareth the next time he came back through me to talk to Charlene. So we came up with some awesome questions. But that wasn't the only time that we would hear him or see him come back because I'd go to bed at night and I'd see all these beautiful colors of ribbons of lights of blue and indigo streaming down coming from my closet door. So then my closet door as a child, all of a sudden it was like a portal and the door would open and you would see all these ribbons of color and the room would get really bright and it would emanate and there he was. But he didn't even need my voice to talk to me because then he was talking from the closet, direct voice. And you could, I could hear him and I wasn't in trance. I was falling asleep. I was starting to fall asleep, but then I'd hear him and I'd look up and I'd see something at the closet door. So it's kind of like letting the cat out of the bag, but in a, it was fine because I wasn't afraid of my closet. So now it was like, beam me up Scotty, you know, like you open the closet door and spirit could come and walk through and visit you. 
but that's how my grandmother came to us. She came through the closet door. So grandma, an entity, you know, I was okay with it. And I was so connected to Nazarod that when I went to college in the 80s, I started painting a portrait of him or what it was like at night in my childhood bedroom. I drew this beautiful, painted this beautiful portrait, and I still have it. And uh, I will take a picture of it, and I will post it on the Facebook page for y'all to go see it, of Master Nazareth. And he likes to be called Master Nazareth now. So I will post that on Facebook. From this experience of hypnosis and learning how to go into trance, Charling and I, Charling had this client. This is another story to tell you. This is what we went through. We were learning it together, what we could do with this modality. She was kind of my bodyguard watching me to make sure I was safe while I was in hypnosis and breaking me out, getting messages from Nazareth and everything. She says, hey, I got a lady client coming for a reading. She'd like to get a, you know, a trance reading with you through hypnosis. I said, okay. So she came. She turned on the cassette tape and lined down. Charlene leads me out into hypnosis. I go out. And Nazareth comes through to answer this lady's questions. She had some questions, but Charlene didn't know the questions, so she starts telling, asking these questions to Nazareth. And she wanted all this validation, and he told her a bunch of stuff. She was crying. It really touched her and everything. But then she had this one question. And when she asked this one question, I felt my physical body shift. Like, I didn't feel so good when she asked this one question. Now, not that I could get back in my body to shut it off, but I felt something. So she asked this question, and it was, how did my father die? So while I was still under hypnosis in that trance state, Nazareth decided he wasn't going to answer this question because he knew that she wanted validation but she was also testing us to see if we were frauds or pulling her off or whatever. But everything else that he answered, she was crying and saying, oh my God, that's so true, blah, blah, blah. But when she asked about how her dad died, now, I was, we were not in control of my gift. Nazareth was there, but he decided to leave. That's when my body really shifted. So I just started describing her dad and that he was on this boat, and he was on a lake, and something happened, and he left the wheel of the boat, and it was running, and he hit something, or he fell out of the boat, or he it was knocked off the back of the boat, hit his head, and he drowned. Right as I was saying that, I couldn't breathe. I started choking. I wasn't able to get any air in my lungs, and Charlene started to worry. She was trying to bring me out of hypnosis. And she kept asking me what's happened. You know, the lady kept going, what happened to my dad? What happened to my dad? Miss Charlene saying, please be quiet. I need to bring my sister back. She started bringing me back. And my face was turning purple and red because I couldn't breathe. And I didn't know, and neither did Charlene. We didn't know that I was empathic, that I was going to go through drowning like the, the client's dad did. So there I am on the couch gasping for air. My sister finally brought me back and turned me on my side. And I started to breathe better. She's patting me on the back and everything. And 
water started coming out of my mouth. Like I was coughing up lake water and I could taste lake water. And my body was cold and clammy, like I had been in a lake for a long time. My temperature shifted. It was, I mean, I felt like a, like the dad, like a, a, de- a deceased body, you know, coming to. And Charlene was very upset with the lady, and I, I couldn't get off the sofa. I was so drained, and uh, the lady left. My sister got me up. I went to the restroom, I, and uh, I freshened up, and then she sat me down and got me something to eat. But we found out that I was reliving the client's father's passing. And that's being empathic. And you need to have control over being an empath. And this is for all my listeners. If you're empathic, it's hard to take on something negative. So it's like looking for missing and murdered people. That If you're empathic, that's just, you got to guard yourself. You need to protect yourself because you don't want to be inflicted with those wounds and stuff. Or the, tra- the trauma being, you know, I went through trauma, through drowning on my sister's sofa. But we learned that another gift of mine was being empathic. But we also learned that when we had Naz come back later on, like a week later, we asked, why did he leave? And he said that the when she asked something, it was not for the best and highest good of the energy of the entity answering it, that I could answer it. But I didn't know how to use psychic self-defense. We hadn't gone to Camp Chesterfield to learn about all that stuff. We were just beginners, newbies. So that was explained to us. But I realized that I had clairaugustance is another form of the clairs, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsendience, clairaugustance, that I could smell and taste because I could taste the lake water. So This incident was supposed to be a very joyous and spiritual connection for the client, but it turned out to be not so wonderful for me, but we learned more about mediumship and everything, and I'm okay. And um, the lady said she was sorry and everything, but, you know, she just wanted to know, and she she said to Charlene she was testing us. So, you know, hey, happened back in the 80s, you know. But that's that. And later on, Charlene and I discussed what happened, and I was doing okay, and Naz cleared everything up for us, and we learned, you know, some parameters, how to take care of ourselves, and, you know, who to read for, who not to read for. But that really took me for a loop, because I told Charlene I was not interested in doing that again with clients, because I'm not ready for that. And so we decided to take that incident and just study with like-minded people that we knew, to continue only in our own private sessions at home and with other people and our friends and go to the Foundation of Truth. We shared that experience with people there. They told us about protecting ourselves. And we learned with our dear friends down there. And our spirituality grew, and we accepted that. We had our own little home circle. Being sisters, we could do our own thing. So this was a new beginning of us, under, you know, discovering our spiritual gifts and where we were going to go forward from there. This is just one of the many stories 
of development of my gifts growing up that I want to share with my listeners and to think about how spirit has touched you growing up. Think about how spirit has touched you maybe without you even knowing or maybe you didn't know. Perhaps many of you are lucky and you had dreams about your loved ones that came to see you in a dream or you heard of their favorite song on the radio or you were playing in the backyard and you heard your name being called and you walked over and you saw a glimpse of your mom or dad who had left you when you were a little kid or any kind of thing that connects you spiritually through some phase of phenomena and mediumship. Think about that. And, and be thankful, be grateful that they're reaching out and connecting with you. What I can tell you is don't close the door. If you're starting to tap in or your door's kind of swinging open and closing and open and closing, you know, spirit's trying to touch you because it's real hard to open that door if you really close it shut. I think that those doors need to be open just a little every single day. Because I've seen the world and I've grown up spiritually with so much that people are getting, recognizing that everything around you, they recognize it, they can see it, they can sense it on you. But I still will tell you to discern what you're getting. So if you open the door and you've got all these people talking to you, if you were in my class studying with me, I'd say, well, who's talking to you? And if you can't tell me who's talking to you, then you maybe not, not, you shouldn't be talking to them unless you know who they are where they came from, how they know you, why are they with you? That's a great one. Why are you with me? What are you bringing to the table? You know, you need to know, you need to discern. So as long as you're getting truthful validation of that energy on the other side or that loved one that you're dealing with is the real deal. You need to have that discernment. You need to have that validation. Remember to investigate when you're growing in your spirit mediumship. Well, that's my stories for today. (laughs) The foundation of truth, where it all began with me and my sister, besides when we were little kids in the bedroom, and their twin beds and grandma. But as I go forward, I want to kind of let you all know more personal things about me of how I grew spiritually So you can see how it syncs with your life and how you're growing or how you have grown or you're just tapping into it now. So think about that. Jot some notes down. Send me an email. Share me your story. I'd love to hear your story. So this is all the time I've got for you guys. And I will share some stories of going to Camp Chesterfield, our first trip. What a great, great First trip, I will share those and some podcasts. And I have years of wonderful stories of going to seminary and sitting in seances and just watching other mediums work and the uh, validation they gave and and uh, the the energy, the the healing that took place. Just witnessing it. That's the other thing I like about going to a message circle is not only to receive a message, but to witness and be in that energy of all the love and the vibration that's going around the room from people hearing from a loved one. I just want to remind my listeners, it's August, and we are still in that supermoon energy, 
and we have a super blue moon at the end of this month. And the next podcast is going to be on about what to do for that super blue moon and get ready for it. But just remember, write your affirmations down. Make sure you find a red pen. Write that those positive energies down and everything you want by saying, I see myself receiving and write it in red. Breathe it all in. Put those positive energies out in the universe. Be open to the law of attraction. Be open to receive and let your spiritual gifts grow. And be kind to yourself and others. And have a wonderful week. And if you'd like to connect with us on Mediums with a Message, please go to the Facebook page. Or you can email me at mediumswithamessage at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing your stories. And if you'd like to know more information about me, you can go to my website at revgailhicks.com. If it's easier to remember, go to galehicks.com. All my services are there. And if you're wanting to really learn how to meditate, I have the Foundation of Meditation. I produced that during, uh, well, right after COVID. And, but it, you can watch the intro and it's all about how to, the steps to easy to learn. And it's how I learned at Camp Chesterfield with a little gale energy in it uh, because spirit helped me. Dr. Bigelow helped me write those, uh, lessons for the meditations. And it's, it's wonderful if you want to start that way. It's available on my website and any other services you need. I'm here for my listeners. So reach out, let me know, connect. Until next week, keep your ears attuned to those spiritual messages. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners. It's Gail here at Mediums with a Message. I thought I'd give you a heads up of up-and-coming episodes for my listeners. So Starting on tomorrow, you're going to have Once in a Super Blue Moon. That's our new episode, so you can get prepared for this super blue moon. In the other episodes coming up, I'm going to have my dear friend that I've known since the age of five, Cynthia. We're going to talk about uh, our uh, spiritual stories when we were little girls and also about healing horses at her mother's farm. Those episodes will be coming up. And also Cheryl and I will be back about talking about the different types of medicine cards and oracle cards and how they help us in our daily life. So we look forward to sharing these episodes with you. Have a great week.